International Headquarters of the Sword of the Lord, Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the southern suburbs of Nashville, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. It's my joy to welcome you today. We're delighted that you've come along with us. We're right here every day, five days a week on this station and dozens of others out across North America and a number of others beyond North America. And we're just excited and thankful for the privilege that we have to be on the air and that you've joined us today. Every day we open the Bible, we take time to just dig in, find good things that the Lord's given us in His Word. And last week, on Monday last week, I started looking at 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we looked at that verse that says, For the time will come, and then it told us there was going to be some breakdowns. And I just said to you, and I've built this whole series around the idea, that time is now. The Bible predicted it, and it said the time will come. Well, it did come. We believe we have come to that time now, and we are looking right now, what in the world do we do in such a time as this? And we'll get to that in just a moment. We had a great day at Bellwood Baptist Church yesterday here in town, preached morning and evening, and just delighted to be in our home church there. And I'm going to remind you that we are one month away from the Sword of the Lord Men's Conference. Guys, go to the Sword of the Lord website at swordofthelord.com and check it out. Get registered and plan to be here. You're going to love this, and we want you to be right here with us for it. November 10 and 11, just a month away. Now, let's look at our text today again. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 3 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. Now, what I've told you here in these previous studies last week, the result of that very statement that we've just read is that there's been a breakdown in society that was created because of a breakdown with the church crowd. So many, many of the church folks have yielded, just like this passage has said, to the wrong things, and the result of that has been catastrophic in society. Now, you and I have to look at it and we have to say, but isn't there hope? Isn't there help? Well, yes and yes. There is hope and there is help. And that's why the very next verse says to us, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. So I learned right quickly that even though things had turned sour, there is a way for you and I to do what we're supposed to do and not go down the trail with all that breakdown that I've just described. So we started back through 2 Timothy looking at things that we're supposed to pay attention to, and I want to give you some more of those today. Starting in chapter 2 and verse 14, this verse says, of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. You and I have to realize that we have influence, and a lot of people pay attention. And if we compromise, it impacts them in a negative way. If we start slipping, it impacts other people in a negative way. We have influence either for good or for bad, and if we do not do what we're supposed to do, other people are going to watch us, see our example, and they're going to head down the wrong trail as well. So what he's telling us here is we are to lead our peers on the right path. We have a responsibility to take 
the message of the gospel and the message of the Word of God, all of the counsel of God, were to take all of that and communicate it to our church crowd and to society at large. It's not a matter of just what we do inside the church house, but it's a matter also that we get out in the streets, that we get out in society, and that we do the things that we ought to do to spread our influence. And we need to be sure that we teach others who may not have had all the exposure to maturity and other things that some of us maybe have, and so we need to tell them, don't get sidetracked, don't get off down some trail somewhere. Don't buy into some deception, but instead, don't let yourself do that which will subvert you, which will be unprofitable, and which will subvert others as well. Now, look at verse 15. It says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, if I could express this in two words, I think what he's telling me is simply this. Stay focused. You need to be pursuing God's approval, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, a workman that is approved of God. We need to stay focused, and that word workman, now, I don't think there's any way that I can put the word loafer in connection with the word workman. I do not think that's a synonym for the word workman. The word workman has to do with work. It means somebody who gets at it, does the work, is not afraid of the work, and is willing to get up and get at it and do what they're supposed to do. And he just says, stay focused. Don't do that which will bring shame to you and to the Lord. Stay committed to the truth. And whenever you and I stay on track like we're supposed to stay on track, then we don't get down some trail that's a dead-end street, uh, disappointment and defeat and destruction. We avoid those things because we have stayed focused and studied diligently that which will gain God's approval and which will indeed make us not to blush, not to be red-faced, not to be ashamed, but instead we will be rightly dividing the word of truth, paying attention to what God has given us. Now, the next one, chapter 2 again, 2 Timothy, and here are three verses of strong warning. He says, Shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase into more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. Now here's what happens in this case. Somebody buys into some theological nonsense. They're buying into a deviant doctrine, something that is absolutely untrue. And he notes in particular uh, some who were saying, oh, there, there is no coming resurrection. You know, the Sadducees had that problem as well. They didn't believe in the resurrection at all. And he said they will cause other people to stumble. They're going to cause other people to foul out of the work, out of the ministry. And we need to steer clear of all of those kinds of things. Verse 16 says they're to be shunned. They're profane. They're vain babblings. And they will only lead to the breakdown. They'll only lead to ungodliness. And that is to be shunned. Now, let me say again, I hit the ecumenical thing pretty hard on Friday, and let me just say here again, some folks want to just include anything that's religious. I mean, just give place to everybody. You can have one denomination praying, another denomination singing, another denomination being the speaker. And you know what kind of a mixed bag that is and what kind of a mixed, deluded thing that creates? 
Can you imagine where that heads? Well, it doesn't head in a good direction. And when he talks here about those kinds of things, he uses the word shun it. That is, leave it alone. Don't go there. Don't let that become who you are. Steer clear of that kind of theological nonsense, that kind of doctrinal nonsense. You say, well, they don't teach doctrine. Yes, they do. The doctrine they're teaching is anything goes. That is their doctrine. That is their teaching. And it's not the way that we need to live. It's not the way we need to work. It's not the way we need to serve. It's not the way our family should be. It's not the way our church should be. We instead need to steer clear of those things. Now, look at verse 21. Again, chapter 2, 2 Timothy, verse 21 says, If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use, and prepared unto every good work. Now, again, if I can use two words here to describe what I read just now, I think what he's telling us is stay clean. Stay clean. Let's look at it. He says that we ought to purge ourselves from these things that are not good, not clean. And that way, if we have purged ourselves, we've cleaned ourselves up, then he says we can be a vessel unto honor. You know, it's one thing to use our life, to use our possessions, to use everything that we have to the honor and glory of God. And it's another thing to let some of that get dirtied up by dabbling in ungodly things, immoral things, unwise things. And when we do those kinds of things, I mean, we're still a vessel, but it's a vessel unto dishonor and not a vessel unto honor. The thing that we're shooting for here is do that which, according to that earlier verse there, verse 15, that will be really approved of God. And if we can do that, and we can, what he's telling us here is we can do this. We absolutely can, and we can keep ourselves clean even in a dirty world, even in a world where immorality is rampant. You and I can be a moral person where there is faithlessness everywhere, you and I can be a person of faith. Where there is fruitlessness among many, many Christian people, you and I can be fruitful. We can serve the Lord. We can have influence with other people. We can lead other people to faith. We can lead other people to the Savior. We can lead other people into serving the Lord. And you know, every single day, I hope that somebody listens to me right here on our Making a Difference broadcast and decides to just sign up by faith and walk with God and do what they ought to do to serve the Lord in a local church and give themselves devotedly to try to get other people ready to go to heaven. That is the kind of thing that we need to do. But if we're not clean, it's never going to happen. I mean, if you're still dabbling in the world, if you are still catering to worldly influences, if you're still running with a worldly crowd, you're never going to be able to get this done. But I'm telling you, the Bible makes very clear here that we can be a vessel of honor, and we can, but it's necessary. You see that word sanctified tucked in there? Well, that just simply means set apart. That just means we're not going to be like those others. The only way that we can have influence in our world is not to be like our world. I tell people all the time, the difference that we have as a Christian provides a platform for us to say to people who are out in the world, there is something better. There is something to which you can come. It's not up to us to get like the world so the world will like us, but it's up to us to get approved of God. And when we do that, then there will be people in the world who will look at 
us, they will listen to us, they'll hear our message, and they'll respond to it, not because we're like them, but because we're unlike them. And that is a powerful premise that has been overlooked by an enormous amount of people who are professing Christians. And I'm telling you, dear friends, we need to have that difference in our life. And if we'll do that and keep ourselves clean, keep ourselves set apart, sanctified, then he says, meet for the master's use. Then we are ready to serve the Lord. Then we are somebody that the Lord can use and he will use. You know, even in strength, all of us, in a way, are weak vessels. Even when we are at our strongest, we are like weak vessels. We don't begin to compare to the Lord in strength. But when we do what we can do in our weakness, with His power and with His strength at our disposal, when we do what we can do, the Lord puts His touch on it. Listen, I have witnessed to people over the years, even as I was doing it, I thought, I'm not getting the job done. I'm not doing a good job. And it was like the folks just melted because the Lord, by His power, spoke to their heart, used His message, even though I was not at my best in presenting it. And I've seen that happen over and over again. Many times when I've preached a sermon before a live audience, I've walked away from it saying, I don't know whether I got the job done or not. And a week later, two weeks later, a month later, six months later, somebody said, you remember it was that service when I thought I didn't do so well that the Lord used it to impact their life and change their life because the Lord's Word is good, it's powerful. And you and I, if we'll simply stay clean, we will be in position to serve the Lord even in these times where there's breakdown in the church crowd, there's breakdown in society, you and I can stand tall and stay clean. Well, I've got a few more of these things here in 2 Timothy we'll look at tomorrow. I trust that you'll join me then. In the meantime, i love to hear from you, so don't hesitate. Write me a note real soon. Dr. Shelton Smith at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good, wonderful rest of the day, and goodbye for now.